Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Praise God. All right, let's pray together. Father, we just want to thank you. I thank you because I'm anointed to teach, and I thank you because your people are anointed to receive. Together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. So we want to look at um, how to build or how to maintain a disciplined and consistent prayer life. And what I, what I want to do really is to share very practical um, truths with you on how to maintain and build a consistent prayer life. Now, one of the things I realized very importantly is the fact that people, some people love to pray. They want to pray. But the struggle is they don't know how to maintain a consistent prayer life. So let me tell you what happens. They hear a message on prayer and they are fired up, right? They are fired up like when we, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And they get a praying. Or they attend a prayer stretch program, a three-hour prayer program, a five-hour prayer program. And I tell you, they just go for it. The next one week, they are praying. But after that, you know, it's difficult to get them to pray. Now, let me, personally, I would advise you this, right? I'd rather you pray 10 minutes every day. I'd rather you pray 10 minutes every day for 20 years than pray 5 hours once a month, 24 hours once a year. Why? In consistency lies the power. That's what the Lord told Sister Gloria. Gloria Copeland. In consistency lies the power. So, the key things I want to do in our midweek Bible study is to shift you from having an prayer as an event to having prayer as a lifestyle. Now, there are a couple of messages I've taught before, the prayer life of Jesus and all of that. Please make sure that you get a hold of them, listen to them. But what I want to do in this whole series is to teach you practical things um, to get your life, your prayer life consistent. And it has to come with discipline. Write that word down, discipline. Nobody can build an effective prayer life without discipline. No one can build an effective prayer life without discipline. Write that down. No one can build an effective prayer life without discipline. You see, so if you, if you, if you don't have the discipline, you will not make the most of this message. Now, those are some of the things I want to share with you. Now, first of all, go with me to James chapter 5. Come with me. James chapter 5. And I want to read verse 17. James chapter 5 and verse 17. Now, the scripture says, the New King James Version says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And that's the word I want you to pick. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Now, the most important thing I want you to get is the fact that Elijah was a man who had a nature like ours. Anybody who you respect that prayer life, whether it's your pastor, whether it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's a man by the name of Praying Hyde. In fact, his name was called, uh, his name was John Hyde. But he prayed so much, they replaced John with Praying Hyde. Or um, Judge Muller or Smith Wigglesworth. 
whoever you respect their prayer life, they were not born with it. They were not born with it. You can take that down. No one was born with a consistent prayer life. They had to develop it. They had to train themselves in the art of praying consistently. Are you following me now? There was, there's no prayer giant who was not a prayer amateur. There's nobody who prayed for no, number of hours today who did not start. And so the goal is to get your personal life into that realm of consistency. Now, the Amplified Version says, Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. You know, when we read about Elijah and we see how powerful Elijah was, what comes to our mind is, man, this mighty man of God. We are all men with a great God. Praise the name of the Lord. We are all men with a great God. So if you develop that consistency, if you develop that, that tenacity in the place of prayer, you must recognize that anybody who is praying consistently is someone who has trained himself, or like Paul would say, who has disciplined his body. Now, come with me. Are you there? Uh, I wanted to say Elijah 17. <laughs> James chapter 5 verse 17. Elijah was a human being with a nature such as we have. Now, the Amplified Version says, with feelings, affections, and a constitution like ours. And why did I read this? Because I want you to also understand that whatever I'm going to teach, or whatever I'm teaching you tonight, is not something to go about and say, well, oh, it's because you're a pastor. No. No. I have the same feelings you have. I feel like praying, I feel like sleeping when I should pray. So, everybody who had advanced in the place of prayer is someone who had disciplined their, their, their selves, disciplined their flesh, put their body in subjection. Let me tell you this. If you allow your body to lead you, you will never get to praying. If you allow your feelings to lead you, you will never get to praying. The life in the secular world is not designed to include prayer in it. The, the, the world was not designed to include prayer in it. It's not a constitution of the world. Are you following what I'm saying? If you go by your daily activities, you will never pray. Now, your prayers will influence those around you in a powerful way. Developing a dynamic prayer life is the wisest thing we can do with our life. Nothing will happen without it. If we really understand the power of prayer, if we really understand the power of prayer, what are we going to do? We will really give time to pray. Now, if you go to that same James chapter 5 and verse 16, it talks about confessing our sins one to another. <clears throat> then it goes on to say, The earnest, heartfelt, continued. Observe that word. The earnest, heartfelt, continued. 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 Con that means that's consistency. <clears throat> you know, there are Christians who, who get on fire. You know, there are people who used to say, man, on campus, we used to pray. Oh my God, when we used to pray on campus. That should not be a testimony that you say. Oh, well, I used to pray. I don't know what happened to my prayer life. Laziness happened to it. Laziness happened to it. Busyness happened to it. Distraction happened to it. Are you following what I'm saying? Nothing happened to it but laziness, busyness, distraction, placing prayer as the last thing you should do as opposed to the first thing you should do. Praise God. Now, verse 16. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, <clears throat> glory to God, dynamic in its working. It makes tremendous power available that is dynamic in its working. 
Now you realize something here. That God has placed in us the capacity to cause things to happen on the earth. And a lot of Christians wonder, why is my life like this? Why are things happening like this? And they never give themselves to consistent prayer. Now, a lot of people can pray in the church. They can pray corporately when they come together. But I'm talking about your individual prayer life. Is there consistency? Do you have a track record in the place of prayer? I'll give you a quote by the name of Oswald Chambers. He says, Prayer does not, fit, uh, does not feed us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. It's not like we're praying so we can do greater works for God. No. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer is work. It's labor. The scripture talks about a paraphrase, Colossians, that labor that you would stand in the will of God. You see, laboring in the place of prayer is something that we all need to develop, that we all need to come to. Are you following what I'm saying now? Alright. Another man by the name of Sir Thomas Buxton said, You know the value of prayer. It is precious beyond all price. Never, never neglect it. Never, never neglect it. We must understand that our prayer makes much power available. And if our prayer makes much power available, if we really know that we're depending on our prayer lives, we will build a life that is consistent. Are you following this now? Now go with me to Mark chapter 1. And that's our key verse. Mark chapter 1. This is going to be very, very practical. Very practical. Mark chapter 1. Go with me to verse 35. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. It says, from the New American Standard Bible, it says, in, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, <clears throat> glory to God, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. It says, in the early morning, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Jesus got up. <laughs> How many of you know that when it's still dark, that's when sleep is sweet. That's when you just want to coil up. You don't want to get up. You want to coil up. <laughs> Praise God. You want to pull the blankets over your head. That's when, I mean, that's when you, you want to just, just get on sleeping. But Jesus got up. He didn't coil up. He got up. Jesus got up, left the house went to a secluded place and was praying there. The question I always ask, and you can request for a series called The Prayer Life of Jesus. Lessons from the Prayer Life of Jesus. I've, I've done a teaching on prayer before, but these are just practical steps I want to give you. Now, the question I always ask is, what was Jesus praying for? It wasn't like he was married and he had no child, so he was trusting God for a child, or he wanted to get married, he was trusting God for a wife, or he needed a house, or he needed a job. Why was Jesus praying? You see, we must understand that prayer is not just asking God for things. Prayer, prayer is fellowshipping with God. Prayer is spending time in the presence of God. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Prayer is spending time talking to your Father. So it's not just a place where we come to present grocery lists. Are you following this? It's not a place where we just come to present our grocery list. Oh God, I need a house, I need a child, I need a cat, I need a dog, I need plantain, I need uh, banana. And then if you have um, spare ice cream, 
That's what I need. No, that's not prayer. It's good to ask the Father. It's good to ask the Father. He says, ask that your joy might be full. Okay? But we also understand that prayer goes beyond that. Prayer is communication. And as you begin to communicate with God, something happens. The Spirit of God and the presence of God rubs up on you. God begins to speak to you. God begins to show you things. And you will also avert a lot of things. In fact, we're not dealing with the benefits of prayer now. We're just dealing with how can we maintain a consistent prayer life. The Amplified Version says this about that verse. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out, departed to a solitary place and prayed. And he prayed. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He went to the deserted place and he prayed. So, what do we see in this verse? Number one, we saw that Jesus got up early in the morning. We saw that Jesus got up early in the morning. Number two, we saw that Jesus got up. (laughs) He got up. He literally stood up from the bed to go and pray. Do you know the reason why some of you cannot pray? You're always on your bed. You're always on your bed. You cannot, listen carefully to this, you cannot develop an effectual, consistent prayer life on your bed. Especially if you're just waking up from sleep, you will get back to sleep. And the way the sleep and your spirit works, in your mind, you think you're still praying. Meanwhile, you're sleeping. So Jesus literally got up. Are you following that? Jesus literally got up. We're going to talk about that. Then he left the house. He left the house. He left the house. He came out. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not saying you should come out of your house. Okay? But I want you to understand that Jesus had to, there were physical activities for him to get into the place of prayer. Sometimes for you to pray, you have to stand up. You know, most times I walk around when I'm praying. I walk around when I pray. Why? Because your body will feel tired. I rarely kneel to pray. I rarely kneel to pray. I rarely kneel down to pray. Because the tendency to kneel and fall asleep is, is high. So I don't take chances. I'm always walking around. Praise God. I'm always walking around when I'm praying. Even if I'm leading prayers, if you, if, if for those of you who follow me, if, you, if I'm leading prayers, you see that I'll be uh, bouncing on the spot. <laughs> Glory to God. Why? It helps my body to just stay awake. It helps my body to be alert. So, you, you, you have to, you have to uh, get yourself physically to engage in prayers. That's very important. He went to a secluded place. Sometimes you have to separate yourself. You know, at the time I've gone to visit some people before and, and there was really no place I could pray and it was a bit, and I had to pray in the bathroom. So I went up early in the morning, just uh, did as if I, was, I had to take my bath, you know, spend a few more time just praying in the spirit, not praying out loud now because I was with people, but you need to separate yourself to pray. Uh, it was said of the mother of Charles and John uh, Finney, the Finney mothers, he had, uh, she had um, like seven children and and she, you know, to get into a secret place, she will take a duvet and cover her head and just kneel and pray. And when the children come and see her covering her head, you know what happens? I mean, they'll just go off. And I'm going to talk about that because some of you have not also trained your children to respect your prayer life. And some of you say, I don't have time to pray. Every time I want to pray, these children will just come and stop. There is no child. There is no, except the child is maybe one year, two years old. There is no child that I have given birth to. I have two kids. That I will give birth to. That when I'm praying with this stuff, that child has not been born, will not be born, can never be born. It's, you have to just train them. You have to train them. If you were serving a shrine, will they come and disturb you there? They will not. So it's because you are careless about prayer. They see that you are, you know, you pray, you chew in gum, you pray, you are, don't need the TV, you pray, you are tying your scarves. They don't think it's important. They don't, there's, there's no, 
You know, children will respond the way you train them. Like I said, expect the child is a baby of one, two years. As far as the child's brain is working well, when you get into the place of prayer, you train them, they will wait for you, whatever the need is. And, and that's true. And that's true. You have to train them that way. So Jesus went to a secluded place and he prayed. And he was praying there. Now, I want, to, I want to put this here. Jesus prayed. Now, I don't want you to get into the bondage of saying that, okay, you must pray very early in the morning. And I'm going to talk about that. Because sometimes, some people um, get or say they want to pray in the morning. It's good to spend time with God in the morning. But they discover that they're not very active. You see, you've got to find out what works for you. There are people who are alert. They can spend more time praying at night. Okay? Now, let me give you an example, because this is a very practical teaching. I'm, I'm not doing Greek and Hebrew here. I really, want to, I, I really want to, in this midweek series, get your life practically into praying. So this is a practical teaching. So I'm going to be using a lot of examples and giving you a lot of practical things. Is that okay? Now, in Mark 1.35, Jesus prayed in the morning. He rose early in the morning and prayed. In Mark 6.46, so write it down, Mark 1.35, Jesus prayed in the morning. In Mark 6, 46, Jesus prayed in the afternoon. After preaching, he sent people away to pray. In, in Luke 6, 12, Jesus prayed at night. He prayed all night. So you discover that Jesus prayed at different times of the day. You have to find out uh, the best prayer time for you. The best prayer time for you. So, a couple of weeks back, I was... Um, I, because I wasn't doing the morning devotion. So normally, I get up and then I pray. But I realized that because I needed to start the morning devotion at about um, 6.30. Okay? I needed to start the morning devotion at about 6.30. So, um, praise God. I needed to start the morning devotion at about 6.30. And then, what happened is that it was difficult for me to get up and also now, like, get into the morning devotion. Alright? Now, it means I have to get up early. Now, what happened is I had to move my prayer time up. I had to move my prayer time up. Okay? So, I decided, first of all, to finish the morning devotion, 6.30. Alright? And then I finished at about 7 o'clock. And then I moved my morning devotion, to uh, my prayer time, to 7 to 8. Because I was struggling getting up at about 4.30 to pray. Because I had to do all of these morning devotions and study and a couple of things. So, what I'm saying is you have to be flexible with your prayer time, but it has to be effective. You have to be flexible with your prayer time, but it has to be effective. So don't get into a particular bondage. And I've seen people get into 12 midnight bondage, get into this kind of bondage, and get into all those kind of bondage. You don't need to get into that kind of bondage. All you need to do is find a time that is effective for you. Praise God. Find a time that is effective for you. So in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, Jesus prayed in the morning. Now in Mark chapter 6 verse 46, Jesus prayed in the afternoon. In Luke chapter 6 verse 12, Jesus prayed at night. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. Now, pray without ceasing means you can pray when you're riding, you can pray when you're driving, you can, you, you know, can, you can pray anywhere. But I, I, I found out that people have taken this and they do not have a cultured and disciplined prayer life. So people just take this and then they just, yeah, brushing their teeth and they are praying. Listen, you cannot have a casual approach to prayer if you want to bet a serious destiny. You cannot have a casual approach to prayer if you want to bet what? A serious destiny. If you want to bet something strong, you cannot have a casual approach. Praise God. Now, 
in Mark 6, 46, we talked about that. And telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. So you find out that Jesus always had that habit of living and separating himself to prayer. And that's something you should note. If you want to have an effective prayer life, you must learn to separate yourself for prayer. You must learn to separate yourself from the crowd. It's good to pray corporate prayers, which is important. Even as a husband and wife, it's good for husbands and wives to pray together. But that does not replace your personal prayer life. Are you still here? That does not replace your personal prayer life. In Luke chapter 6 verse 12, we've talked about it. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Praise God. Went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Praise God. Now, in Luke chapter 5 verse 16, the Bible says, But Jesus would often go to some place where he could be alone and prayed. That's what the the CEV, the Contemporary English Version says, Luke 5.16. Note that down. Luke 5.16. Now, the ISV, the International Standard Version says, However, he continued his habit of retiring to a deserted places and praying. So, you realize that Jesus had the habit of going to deserted places to pray. Jesus had the habit of going to deserted places to pray. Are you following this? Jesus had the habit of going to deserted places to pray. So, the prayer life of Jesus was a habit. And that's what you need to do. Your prayer life needs to be a habit. Now, sometimes, you don't feel like praying. Pray. I've seen many people become lazy in the place of prayer. because say, you know what? I don't feel like praying. Listen, I'm a pastor. And my work primarily is to preach, teach the gospel, pray for the sick and everything. It's not every day I get up that I feel like praying. But you know what? I pray. I get my body to pray. It's my body... And I have to be in charge. If you go by the way your body is, you will not spend enough time in prayers. And I want to, I want to, I want to say here, you know, don't also fall for that theology of saying, well, it's not how long you pray. Listen, why are you not praying for long? What are you doing with the rest of the time? Ask yourself. You just pray five minutes. Oh God, I thank you. I bless your name. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. God has heard me. What are you going to do with the remaining twenty-three plus hours? And when you watch a football match, it's 90 minutes. You watch a movie, it's one hour. I mean, what are you going to do for the rest of the time? Praise God. So you realize that, don't fall for that. Train yourself to pray for long times. Start small, but train yourself. You know, sometimes I train myself. I look at my clock and say, I'm going to pray for one hour. And I'm praying, I'm praying. I look at my clock again, it's 30 minutes. You know what I do? I repeat all my prayer points again. What am I doing? I'm disciplining my flesh. I remember one time I led a team in church here, some of our um, service team members, to pray for, for five hours. Some of them have never done it. They've never prayed that long for five hours. But what happened? When they got in, I led them in prayer. Now, if I couldn't pray for five hours, I would not lead them to pray for five hours. Are you following that, what, what I'm saying? So you, you, and then, I've, I've seen people where, I mean, there's a case in the hospital, they need to stay in the place of prayer. I mean, there are some things where you're going to have to stay in the place of prayer for a longer time to birth certain things. And it's not that day that you want to develop that strength. It's not that day you want to develop that. Praise God. You want to build yourself up. So you can set yourself what I call prayer targets. Have prayer targets. I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. I'm going to stay on this subject and pray. And I'm going to show you, show you some things right here now. Now, let's look at Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 before we get into some of the practical things. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Are you still with me? Daniel 6 10. Glory to God. Are you learning anything? Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual, as usual. 
Daniel knelt down in his upstairs room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done. I love this about Daniel. The Bible says that Daniel knelt down in his upstairs room as usual, as usual, as usual. So Daniel had a habit of praying. In fact, look at this. Daniel had a habit of praying. He, he, he had this habit. It was so consistent that that is what the enemy used to trap him. They said, listen, if you make a law about praying, we're going to catch Daniel. Because Daniel absolutely is going to pray. So what happened? They made the law. And when they made the law, they caught Daniel. His habit, he had the habit of praying three times a day. That means Daniel scheduled his prayer times. Do your family members know how you pray? And you say, someone say, oh pastor, you don't know, I'm so busy. Daniel was a government official. Daniel was a civil servant. He was a prime minister. He was a top man in government. But he did not tamper with his prayer time. If you're too busy to pray, you're getting too busy to live. You're getting too busy to be effective for God. You're getting too busy to fulfill your destiny. You're getting too busy to be able to tap into the inheritance that God has for you. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, um, one day, I, I, one of this time, I was privileged to travel with Reverend Tokes and we're going to Winter Bible Seminar, Kenahigan uh, Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we were on, on the same flight together going for the meeting. Now, one thing I realized about him, we had a stopover in Turkey, in Istanbul. And while we were having coffee and people were drinking and having coffee, he brought out his Bible and he was reading. And I was just chatting with him and he said, you know what, I have a schedule of chapters to finish and I will do it. Whether on the plane, whether I'm traveling, that's what a disciplined life is. A disciplined life does not give excuse. You know I've just traveled. Oh, it's jet lag. I'll pray tomorrow. No, a disciplined life stays at it. If you know the things that depend on your prayer life, you will not be weak about it. Hallelujah. If you know the things that depend on your prayer life, you will not be weak about it. What will happen? You'll be effective about it. Hallelujah. Come on, are you still here? Alright. So, he prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to God, his Father. So Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day. He cultivated that habit. Now, A.W. Tozer said this, to desire revival and at the same time to neglect personal prayer and devotion is to wish one way and walk another. I like that. To, to, to want to do mighty things for God. To want God to move in your life, in your ministry, in your family, in your business. And at the same time, you have a loose prayer life. You don't have a dedicated, consecrated, disciplined prayer life. Is to wish that you want to go to the right, but meanwhile you're walking to the left. These things, nobody was born with them. People developed it. Praise the name of the Lord. People developed it. Are you still here? Now, E.M. Bound said this. He said, our praying, however, needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistence which will not be denied, and a courage which never fails. Our praying, however, needs to be pressed and pursued with an energy that never tires, a persistency which will not be denied, and a courage which never fails. That's what Ian Bound said. And I like what Flavel said. The devil is aware that one hour of close fellowship, hearty conversion with God in prayer, is able to pull down what he had been contriving and building many a year. You know, old English. 
one hour, if we spend one hour with God, it will tear down the powers of the enemy. It will, it will, it will cause a healing and a cure in our nation and in our lives. And in the, in the, in the, in the people around us, it will bring dramatic changes. I want you to see this. If we build consistency in prayer, we will birth effectiveness in fulfillment of destiny. Write that down. Effectiveness in the place of prayer will build consistency. If consistency in the place of prayer would lead us to effectively fulfill our destiny. I'll say that again. Consistency in the place of prayer would lead us to fulfilling our destiny. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you 13 basic steps, okay? Don't worry, it's just short steps. 13 basic steps you can take, alright, to be able to uh, just, just pray. Pray well. Number one, you have to plan ahead. Plan your prayer. Plan your prayer. Praise the name of the Lord. Plan your prayer. Have a plan. Have a prayer plan. Have a prayer plan. I'm going to pray at such a time. Plan it. Schedule your prayer. Don't have a prayer plan. Just plan it first. Write it down. Sometimes I call, I do what I call the, the, the prayer hours. Sometimes I tell myself I'm going to pray for five hours or six hours. And I schedule it 30, 30 minutes or 50 minutes, one hour thereabout, or this month I want to pray for this number of hours. Schedule it. A prayer that you don't plan for, you might never end up praying. And I'm not talking about horrid prayers. You pray while you're driving, while you're cooking. Yeah, you can do all of that. I'm talking about a dedicated, concentrated prayer the way Jesus did when he left and went to a secluded place to pray. So, learn to plan ahead. So, if you want to have an effective life, learn to do what? To plan ahead. This is what I observed. Um, there was a period, I mean, uh, so a couple of months ago, myself and my wife, we, we took out a period and we began to pray uh, at about 4.30, then we prayed up to 5.30, just praying for the church and praying for some things. You know what I realized? After a while, our body got used to that. At that time, naturally, both of us would get up. You know, whatever you train your body to do, it will do. Your body is not to lead you. Your emotions are not to lead you. Most of us don't have an effective prayer life because we allow our emotions to lead us. What that means is, you know, oh, I don't feel like praying today. Okay, I'll pray tomorrow. The day is gone. Oh, I don't feel like praying today. I'll pray tomorrow. No. If you keep leaving your body to lead you, you'll never have an effective what? prayer life. You know, I have to pray. You know, there are certain times when I used to drive to the office. I'll, maybe I didn't pray at home. I'll come to the office. The first thing I'll do is I'll spend time praying. There is no day I pray that I don't spend at least a minimum of one hour praying. I just feel, listen, if God gives me 24 hours, at least a minimum of one hour should go into prayers and just spending time with the Father. Praise God. Number two, have a prayer journal. Have a prayer journal. So right here, I've got a prayer journal. It's just a small book like, right? So I've got a prayer journal. Okay? Have a prayer journal. So I write what I want to pray about. I write it. Some people say, oh, pastor, I want you to pray on this for me. I write it down. And when I get answers to my prayers, I write the answers. So I've got a prayer journal where I just write the things I want to pray for. So when I get into a new month like this, I just write on my prayer journal. Okay, this month of July, this is what I want to pray. Uh, what, I, what, okay, what, what, I found, what is in my prayer journal is I've taken time to develop about 10, 11 prayer points that I want to pray consistently every day to the end of the year. That's what I want to I just want to bet some things. So I've got those. So in the morning, you know what I do? When I start praying, I go to my prayer journal. I open it up. I pray the first one. I pray the second one. I pray the third one. I pray the fourth one. I do my confessions. It's, it's consistent. Now, when I finish praying what I have in my prayer journal, the Spirit of God begins to give me things to pray. 
Now, what about if I come, I don't feel like the Spirit is giving me anything to pray. I have my prayer journal. I have the things I want to pray about. So it's consistent. I have my confessions. I'm praying the same scriptures. I'm applying the power of what? Of persistency. So, have what? A prayer journal. Have a notebook dedicated to prayers. So you have your scriptures there. You have your prayer points there. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, number three, use your phone as reminders. Set a prayer time. Use your phone as reminders. You know what? You can dedicate some of your lunch to prayer and say, you know what? During lunch, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes. Just as you have reminders for every other appointment, use your phone as a reminder for your appointment with God. Hallelujah. Use your phone as a reminder of your appointment with God. So set your prayer schedule and let the alarm ring. Have an alarm tuned, especially for prayers. When you hear that, you know it's time to pray. Are you following this? We're we're dealing with very practical things here. We're dealing with very practical things here. Plan your prayer ahead. Plan your prayer ahead. Number two, have a prayer journal. Have a small notebook. Write down your prayer point. Write the things you believe in God for. In fact, I had a very amazing testimony (laughs) uh, just yesterday. You know, I was believing God for some amount of money, so I wrote it down on my prayer journal. I want to have this money by the end of of June. And, uh, man, I've been praying, cursing my angels, to, to, to just go forth and get the money to come in and everything. And, uh, and I, was, I attended the uh, Rema Bible Training Center uh, prayer um, open session. Reverend Tox talked about finances and, and he was talking about a story, a particular story where Brother Hagin was trusting God for some amount of money and the money didn't come in that particular where the money came in and they were counting the offerings. It was not up to and he kept counting, he kept counting, he kept counting. And then he remembered somebody gave him an envelope for something. And by the time they, they brought down the envelope, the money was complete. And somebody told him, well, if, you, if, you, if we're counting and the money was not complete, what would you do? He said, I'll still be counting because I know God never fails. You know, when I heard that testimony, well, it didn't make much meaning to me then. But it, it made meaning to me just yesterday that the month ended. Now, what, what the amount of money I was believing for was, was uh, complete. But... I mean, it was like 50,000 was still left in what I was trusting God for. And uh, so I, I just looked at my prayer journal and said, man, this need is not met yet. And I just prayed about it and, you know, trusted God. One hour before I closed from the office, man, this alert came. It was 20,000 above what was to complete that fund. I mean, I was excited. And I've got something for July already, praise God. And, and that's it. You, 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 it's, it's an adventure with God. You begin to just watch, wow, this one came, this one came, I killed the bear, this one got answered. It becomes interesting. It's an interaction. It's, 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 it's fun. You go on this prayer adventure with God and, and, and when I hold this, I mean, this means a lot to me because I see answers. I see God's provision. I see needs being met. Some of you can hardly remember what you prayed yesterday. You can hardly remember what you prayed in January. Okay? So you've got to have a prayer journal. Use your phone reminders to set the time to pray. Have a place to pray. Have a place to pray. If you have your own house, you can have your prayer room. Every time you go there, it reminds you that you need to pray. If you don't have, you can have a chair. You can have a spot. You know? Just somewhere you can pray. You can have a chair where you kneel. If you don't have, turn your whole house into a prayer room. Amen? But if you can, have a place to pray. It'll help you. Sometimes just getting it. For instance, if I walk, if I'm going close to my prayer room, there's something that just pulls me like, you know, that's a prayer room. You've just got to pray there. You know, and and, and, and it's exciting. 
is a have a place to pray. Have a corner in your house where you just know it's a prayer place. Just you can put a chair there and just sit down. It's not a shrine, but just a place that can help you to pray, help you concentrate. Praise the name of the Lord. Some people, when they want to pray, they come to the parlor in the living room in the in the night to pray. But just have a separated place to pray. Have a time to pray. Have a time to pray. That's important. Have what? A time to pray. Have a time to pray. What time are you going to pray? Don't just leave. Don't say, I'll pray in the night. When is in the night? At what time do you want to pray? You know, you've got to, you've got to tell your body, you know, I'm going to be praying by 9. I'm going to be praying by 7. And I'm going to be praying for 30 minutes. Have a time to pray. So you must have a prayer time. Now, Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. The Amplified says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's three o'clock in the afternoon. So have a time to pray. Okay, they were going to the temple, of course, but then you, have, you can have your personal time to pray. But what I want to pick here is have a prayer partner. Peter and John, have a prayer partner. I'd recommend you have a prayer partner of the same gender. Okay, if you're a lady, look for another lady who will become your prayer partner. If you're a guy, look for a guy who will become your prayer partner. You can have a prayer partner. Have a prayer partner that would encourage you. You can tell your friend, I want us to pray about this. I want us to trust God together for this. I want us to pray. If you're married, your spouse is your prayer partner. Join hands together and pray. Have prayer targets. Praise the name of the Lord. So you can have a prayer partner. It will strengthen your prayer life. Having a prayer partner will strengthen your prayer life. Another thing is to read books about prayer. When you're reading books about prayer, what happens is that it stirs in you the desire to pray. Um, when I got into the full-time ministry, one of the men that blessed me so much until tomorrow still a blessing on my faith life is the man by the name of George Muller. George Muller raised an orphanage, orphanage of about 10,000 kids in, 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 in Bristol, England. And he never had to raise funds for it. He prayed all the money in by faith. I've got, I've got most of his books where he talks about how he was trusting God for a pound and two pounds and three pounds and he would pray the money in. He inspired my faith life. In fact, every, at the beginning of every year, I read the story of George Muller. It, it just shows me how a man trusted God. And what, what does that do to me? It fuels my faith. It fuels my faith journey. Praise the name of the Lord. So you find out that you can get books on prayer. Good books, not uh, acidic prayers. and You know, get inspirational books of people that have prayed. I remember uh, one of these books I've read, I've forgotten the name, it was about a lady, uh, Madame Guyon. Madame Guyon also, an old saint of God that God was trusting to pray. And there, there are several books there. You know, uh, read the story of Father Nash that used to go before uh, Charles Finney. When Charles Finney had crusades, Father Nash would rent a room and pray for days before Charles Finney would come. And after the crusade, he would labor over those souls for days. Read those stories. Read stories of men like A.W. Tozer, E.M. Bounds. Read all the prayer books of E.M. Bounds and, uh, and, and uh, John Praying Hyde and uh, Leonard Ravin Hill and just read all those men who who are passionate because and the reason I'm giving you those people the, the, the spirit behind their prayer books was the best revival on the earth you know most of the prayer books we write now is how to receive from God how to get things from God I'm talking about what will bet in you the spirit of prayer beyond, beyond just asking God to give you things are you still here you, you have a prayer partner keep a prayer list keep a prayer list List. And that's very important. Keep a prayer list. 
have a notebook dedicated for prayers. Just as you have a notebook for the word, have a journal for prayers. You know, I didn't start journaling prayers very early, but uh, as I learned, as I began to develop this, and I've seen it, it's helped me a lot. Okay, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8, you, talk, you see the persistency of the widow, the unjust judge who came and demanded you know, from the widow, just uh, from the widow demanded from the unjust judge justice, and because of her persistence, because of her persistence, verse five says, "Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me." So there is a persistence that goes with pr- prayer, <clears throat> and you can only be persistent about things you document. All right, so you've got to write, have a keep a list that you pray, have a prayer list, have a prayer list for others. For instance, you can pray for cities and nations. Pray for cities and nations. Make sure every day of your life you're praying for one city, not just the city that you're living in. Praise God. So, you can take, for instance, take the map of the world or just Google uh, um, um, countries in Africa, okay? And decide every day I'm going to pray for one African country. Just pray for their capital, okay? Just pray for, I'm praying for South Africa. And in Jesus' name, I pray for Johannesburg. I pray that the word of God will grow mightily. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for Banjul, Gambia. In the name of Jesus, I pray that the word of God will go forth. I pray for the Democratic Republic of Congo. In Jesus' name, you just pray. I pray for Maputo, Mozambique. In the name of Jesus, you know, I pray for Kigali, Rwanda. That the light of God will shine upon that city. Amen. I pray for Burkina Faso. So I pray for, you know, just pray. Equatorial Guinea, praise God. In Jesus' name, we cause the light of God. Botswana, in Jesus' name, I pray for Liberia. Glory to God. And you just realize, you just realize that, uh, um, you know, the, you, you are collaborating and helping God to bear His purposes in those nations. Praise God. You can take the local government in your state. You know, take the local government in your state. Praise God. Take the states in your country. Praise God. For instance, if you're from uh, Nigeria, you pray for Kwara State, you pray for Shun State, you pray for Adamawa, you pray for Abuja, you pray for Lagos. You have something to pray about. Amen. Amen. You can pray for all the nations surrounding Nigeria, Togo, Cameroon, uh, Ghana, Chad. Okay, you can decide to take the 1040 window, you know, the, where, where, where there are consec- consecration of our uh, brothers there. You know, you can pray for the Middle East nation, the United Arab Emirates and all of that. You can take that stripe and pray. You can pray for the whole of Europe or North America. Praise God. So you can take the names of places and pray and commit those places into God's hand. Praise God. Number two, you can pray for uh, people. Pray for your pastor. Paul requested for prayer. So you write it there. Pray for my pastor. Okay? Pray the prayers that God says you should pray for your pastor. Don't pray and say, I think my pastor is beginning to miss it. <laughs> Don't pray that prayer. prayer. Okay? Father, touch his heart. I think he's beginning to miss it. He's drinking too much water when he's preaching. No, don't pray that way. Don't pray that way for me. Pray that God will grant me utterance, that the doors, you know, will be open. That God will grant me wisdom. I'll be strengthened with might in the inner man. Open Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 and just pray that for me. Alright? Pray for your pastor's family. Pray for their children. Pray for the wife. Okay? Pray for um, the workers in church. Pray for your friends. List the name of your friends and pray for them. Pray for your family friends. Pray for your enemies. That God will cause the light of God's word to shine on their heart. Don't curse them. Pray for them. Not pray against them. Pray for them, okay? You can put ministries there. Your unsaved friends. Pray the salvation prayer for them. Pray for government people. 
Okay, so you can keep a list of prayer. Praying for those in authority, Paul tells us that. Amen. Billy Graham said, to get the nations back on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. To get the nations back on our feet, on their feet, we must first get down on our knees. Then number eight, schedule your prayer. So when I start discipling people, I learned that from my dad. When I started discipling people, that's what, that's what I, uh, I teach them to do and that's what I do. So you can say, on Mondays, I'll pray for my family and my friends. On Mondays. On Tuesday, I'll pray for my pastor and my church. You know, a lot of people don't pray for the church. They don't pray for the pastor. And then something goes wrong in the church. Then they start saying, oh, I don't understand this kind of church. And, you know, most times we complain about things we can pray about. Okay? Then on Wednesday, you can say, I want to pray concerning my finances. You take that time to pray about your finances and your business or economy. Then on Friday, you can say, well, I'm going to use... So, you can have days. So, every Monday... So, you realize this, for instance. If you pray for your family and friends every Monday, you realize that all the Mondays in the year, your friends and families are covered. All Tuesdays in the year, your pastor, his family, the church, uh, the ministries you partner with are covered. All Wednesdays. You, you understand that? It's systematic. It's systematic. You have to be systematic. You cannot... If you're not systematic, you cannot build a consistent prayer life. That's the truth. If you just go by, well, I pray when I'm led, you know, uh, you will not. You will not. You have to be systematic. This is, this is serious business. You're doing business with God. Praise God. You're causing the kingdom of God to be manifested on the earth. You cannot have a casual approach to it. Okay? So you can have a schedule. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay, so, and, and fix it there. So, every day of the week, there's a specific segment or uh, uh, aspect you're praying about or praying for. Number nine, start small. Start small. Zechariah 4.10 says, do not despise the days of little beginning. Now, uh, you know, when you hear this kind of message, you're like, wow, we are going six hours. And then you'll be discouraged. Even if it's 15 minutes every day, be consistent. Start with it. Okay? Start small and you grow. You know, sometimes if I pray and I don't pray long, I feel it's almost like I'm not satisfied. I'm like, ah, man, I wish I can pray more. You know why? Over time, I've stretched myself. I've uh, developed myself in that area. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to give you some simple uh, tips and some simple keys also that will help you. So start small. Then... Number 10, eliminate distraction. Eliminate distraction. If you uh, keep your phone off when you're praying, keep the TV off. Keep the TV off. Train your children to respect your prayer time. So let me say you're praying, right? You're praying, praying, oh Father, we thank you, and everything. And your child comes, except it's a very small baby, but your child comes that can reason and can talk and can understand. You ask for biscuit, you leave the place of prayer, and you go, oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. Psst. Open packets of biscuit. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you. It gives that, don't disturb, no come here, here again. And then you go, you know, the child is going to come back. The child is going to come back. Praise God. The child is going to come back. So when you're praying like that, and the child comes to ask for biscuits, you open your eye and allow the fire of God to come from your eye and look at that child. That child will go back. The desire for biscuit will be permanently taken out of her for that period. When you don't, you sit out and say, next time when you see I'm praying, don't come and ask for anything. Train your children to respect your prayer time. Okay? So that you're not distracted. You're doing serious business. You, you're actually saving lives. Train them. Train them. Are you following what I'm saying? Train them to respect your prayer time. If you train them like that, they'll grow up with that consciousness. And you also don't be distracted. 
It's not like you're praying, you go, you're on the TV, you look at what is going on, you're off, you, you go. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You also be focused. When they see that you're focused, they will be focused. Praise God. So, eliminate distraction. Don't look at your phone. Don't keep your phone by your side. Put off the notifications. So, it's not like you're praying, Oh, these people, they always stop Then you now type back, I'm praying. I will get back to you. <laughs> you're not serious. You're playing. You're not praying. I'd rather you have 10 minutes and 20 minutes of undisturbed prayer time than you have one hour you're distracted. You're serving food. You're... That's just praying without season. Just keeping yourself conscious of the Spirit. But if you really want to do business, you really want to pray, I'd rather you even have 20 minutes undistracted. Put off your phone. Get into prayers. Who is calling you? You're talking to God. Set your official duty, your handling emergency phone calls of your office and all that. Yeah, that's understandable. But if you have time to yourself, why distract yourself? Why allow social media to distract you? So most times when I also pray, I pray with music. This is how I pray long, right? So for instance, and I do that in the mornings. Um, uh, 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 so for instance, I want to pray for one hour. I, just, I have several worship music already in my phone. Uh, the longest I have is six hours. I have a worship stream of Benny Hinn's worship of from all his crusade for six hours. So for instance, if I want to pray for six hours, I don't look at my watch. I'll just put on that music. I know that when that music ends, that's six hours. Now, I don't do that often. So don't just go like, man, you know what? My pastor prays for six hours. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> okay? Now, I, I've got uh, a 45 minutes music. I've got a 30, music, uh, 30 minutes. So, I like praying with music at the background. I just like praying. It helps me to pray. So most times, I'll just put on whatever length of time I want to pray. I just put on the music. So this is why I did it that way. As God as some people pray with music, and then the music is stopping every three, three minutes. So they pray, play, and then, uh, you know, the music stops. They go, they change it. They go, you know. So just if, if you have a Wi-Fi that can stream continually, fine. But music at the background will help you to pray. So the length of time I want to pray, I just start the music, and I know when the music ends, you know, that time is accomplished. So I have got that collection. Sometimes I do that in the plane. When I'm traveling, I just say, okay, this flight is six hours. One hour will be dedicated to prayers. So what I just do is when I get on the plane, whatever time I want to pray, I just put on the music, put on my headphone, and just pray under my breath, praying in the Spirit. Amen. Doing my prayers. One hour, I'm done. So you've got to do that. Then, you can also pr- pray with preaching tapes. You can pray with preaching tapes. You know, so sometimes I just allow a message play in the background and I'm praying. I do that also. I pray with preaching tape. Sometimes I pray over books. I know there was a time I've been reading Brother Higgins' book and I was just praying in tongues, just reading and praying in tongues, reading and praying in the Spirit. You know, but those ones are just to build myself. So you, you, can, you can use all of this to help you to pray, especially worship music. Now, this is where you need to be careful if you are a musician or if you are a singer or if you are a worship leader. Because I've seen some people who... Um, they, they are, <laughs> they are trying to pray, and then they end up singing the whole time. So I, I'm, I love worship, but I, I don't necessarily sing. So the music can just be playing at the background, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm praying. But I realize some people once they just, you know, the music is going on, and they hear their favorite song, they leave the prayer and they start singing. So by the time they get to the end of uh, the prayer time, they discover that they are sung all through. Singing is not prayer. <clears throat> 
Glory to God. So you're, you're putting on music and you just hear uh, a wonderful song that you love and you just abandon prayer and start singing with the person. Before you know, you would have sang one hour, not prayed one hour. So if singing, if, if that, if in that sense, singing will be a distraction to you, you don't have to use music. Is that okay? Then pray with scriptures. So sometimes what I do, for instance, I can take Psalm 91 and pray it from the beginning to the end. Those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Father, thank you, because I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. They will say of the Lord, is my refuge and my strength. Father, thank you, because I say of you today, you're my refuge and my strength. You know, so I can pray that whole verse. That verse becomes my prayer point. Okay? That whole chapter, sorry. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Father, I thank you because you're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. You lead me. You guide me. You direct me. That can become, you know, Ephesians 1.18, the Pauline prayers. You can pray the scriptures. Take the word and pray it. Take the word and pray it. Amen? Take the word and pray it. You look for scriptures and pray them. Just stay on that verse and pray them. Now, you can also pray for strategic social issues. So, those of you who watch the news a lot, when you see what's going on in the world, that can become your prayer point. Pray con- concerning current disasters and social crisis. Okay? You see that there's a flood somewhere. Take time to pray for that city. You know, one of my friends used to do that. Anywhere there was a crisis in the world that he saw in the news, he took up that place and prayed until he would hear that that crisis had gone down. Now, it, that's very strategic. So you hear that there's riots in Kaduna, for instance. You just begin to pray until the news comes down. And then, of course, you always hear something because the devil is always causing things around the world. So there's always something to pray about. You hear there's, there's, you know, just pray wherever there are some issues. Sometimes you pick up social issues among teenagers and the rest and you begin to pray about them. Uh, Dear Moody says, every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. And that's amazing. Every great movement of God can be traced to what? So a kneeling figure. Praise God. Then you can also learn to intercede for others. People can share their prayer requests with you. And you intercede for them. Intercessory prayer is exceedingly prevalent. What wonders it has wrought. The word of God teems with its marvelous deeds. Believer, thou hast a mighty engine in thy hand. Use it well. Use it constantly. Use it with faith. And thou shalt surely be a benefactor to thy brethren. That's what Charles Spurgeon said. Okay. I'll give you four quotes. And then we can wrap up. Okay. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. Samuel Chadwick said this. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing for prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. He trembles when we pray. So it's important for us to know that the enemy is afraid of our prayers. And therefore he will do everything to make sure we do not pray. Max Lucado says, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. It's not about how you're feeling when you pray. Of course, there should be passion in your prayer. But even though you're feeling weak and you utter words of prayer, because the power lies in the one who answers prayers, the prayers is surely and will surely make a difference. Martin Luther said, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And I want to say this to you, right? If you're too busy to pray, if you're too busy to pray, 
you're getting too busy. So take these steps again, okay, and uh, get to work in them, write them down, plan ahead, okay, plan your prayers ahead, get your prayer journal, just write a small journal that you can use to pray, set up your phone reminders for prayer, all the times you want to pray, set up, have an alarm clock specially for prayer, have a place to pray, no matter how small it is, just dedicate somewhere to pray, have a time to pray, have a prayer time, have, have a prayer partner, encourage, get a hold with someone, you can pray together, keep a prayer list, keep a prayer list, Cities, nations, people, missionaries, pastors, those in authority. Schedule your week. On Monday, you can pray for something. Tuesday, you can pray for another thing. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Schedule it. Be systematic about it. Start small. Be consistent. Be consistent. 30 minutes every day, give it to prayer. 20 minutes every day, give it to prayer. You realize something, you begin to grow. Eliminate distraction. When you are praying, be praying. Put your phone off. With the social media today, a lot of notifications come in. Okay? <clears throat> so, when you are praying, just pray. Then, uh, eliminate distractions. Okay? Don't allow people call in when you are praying. Alright? Put your phone off. Take, turn off the TV. Stay in the place of prayer. <clears throat> you can pray the scriptures. Get scriptures and pray them. Pray for strategic social issues. Pray for strategic social issues. And then, intercede for others. God is counting on your prayers. Hallelujah. God is counting on your prayers. Let's just pray and then I'll come back and give you an announcement. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. We ask, Father God, that you would stay in our hearts. You pour upon us the spirit of grace and supplication in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.